still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the 100th edition of the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined by, in the, for this very special edition, still can't get the intro right, by my good friends and fellow Bath fans, Tom and Charlie. Boys, I don't know, happy birthday, happy anniversary, happy century, what is it? Yeah, I like, I like happy anniversary, I reckon. Um, what was it? 17th of August, 2018, the 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 the, the first episode. Start out in your um, very nice place in, in, in France, Charlie. Um, yeah, it feels like a long time ago with, with, with COVID and everything we've been through, but it's it's crept up on us and it's 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 been a roller coaster along the way, hasn't it? Yeah, ton up, ton up. But yeah, it's nice to receive the uh, blue, black and white flowers through the door this morning, Gabriel. Thank you very much for closing our anniversary. Um, yeah, it's been yeah, a bit of a long time. From, from, from Stuart Hooper, the Queen, of, the Queen of Bath. Is he the Queen of Bath? I don't know, maybe he's the king. We get a written letter from, from someone on the, on the making it to, to 100. Yeah, boys, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. Well, we've got an even more special guest, arguably, than, than Stuart Hooper, just to tease it. Uh, oh, okay, I'll tease it. Tom still hasn't learned how to do anything other than talk about scrummaging in, in 100 episodes. But yeah, um, we are going to be joined. Our, our gift to the listeners is uh, uh, our special guest, Will Muir, um, the hero in many ways from, from Sunday's win over Leicester. He joined us a little bit earlier, so we are going to get to that interview very, very quickly where we talk all things Bath Rugby and Will's kind of incredible quick development over, over the past season. Um, so, yeah, we will get to that. Um, and also we will get to talk, kind of give our own analysis um, about the, the, the Leicester Tigers' victory on Sunday at the REC. Um, also a few other bits around the club and a quick look ahead to Wasps. Before we get into all that, boys, um, I thought maybe a nice way to look back on the the 100th episode um, is, is to kind of take a look at our thickest and our thinnest memories of, of doing this podcast together. Hashtag thick and thin is what we what, what we like to be on, on the Bath Rugby plug. Charlie, why don't I start with you? And, and let's spin positive, first of all. Um, thickest or one of your thickest moments, memories of, of doing this podcast with us? Yeah, I think... It's actually quite a recent one. Obviously, there's been uh, that trip down to Toulouse where we went down uh, first year. It was fantastic, although there, there, there wasn't a victory for us to talk about and reminisce. But um, probably serving a more recent memory would be our victory against Northampton this year. Right. Honestly, that Tom Dunn moment when he was, you know, scrum, scrum, yes! And just turning, turning them over five metres out and just an incredible comeback. Um, and it, it's those moments that, that you know, you, you really love as a fan, I think. Those tight games where you, you come away with a victory and there's been a sort of a solid, gritty performance, not necessarily for a full 80 minutes even. But that really sticks out um, as, as one of those moments where I've really been punching the air, mm. like, thrilled to bits. So, um, yeah, that definitely serves as one I mean so, yeah so so Charlie's memory having had a week in the pub only stretches back about a month Tom <laughs> could you maybe take the listeners back to something a little bit longer uh, in the 100 episodes for your thickest moment 
Well, and the, you listeners probably of, of the last season or so's podcast won't be surprised to hear that um, in terms of the, the the victories, I think my one of my all-time favourites was the victory against Bristol Bears. Uh, uh, and they've been few and far between, but it, uh, up at the Clash at Twickenham, massive event. And it, it, it was for the three years they did it, uh, a really great event there with, you know, bunch of friends watching the the right in front of us was the John that first Jonathan Joseph try and we we put the Bears to to the sword and and won that game. And then the other thing I had I had noted down, Charlie kind of uh stole my thunder a bit was the 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 trips to to, to France and there what you well when I say what you always remember, you remember they happened. You some of the details are, are generally a little bit uh a little bit hazy. But yeah, the the going on to the the pitch after the Toulouse game and almost breaking my back trying to trying to scrummage against against Max Van Dyke, the, the tight head prop, and then against Clement again, having lost, but coming together with with fans and also the the referee for that game, who was was Ben Whitehouse and having a drink with him and and just talking all things things rugby. And they're the they're the sort of interactions that that, that you really enjoy. So looking forward to to getting back to back to the wreck most importantly, but also, you know, getting out to France for for some for some more European action. So what you're saying is all you really remember from these French trips is uh, arriving in France, uh, getting a bit pissed, losing a rugby match, and then getting pissed again. <laughs> I remember some I remember some, I remember the choppers and the tear gas a little bit from Toulouse, but other than that, you're pretty much right. Yeah, I mean those trips are kind of um, those trips really do what kind of make it not make it. I, I mean, I love doing it every week, boys. It's kind of you know the highlight of my week. But yeah, those trips just stand out, especially kind of mixing with with the fans and stuff, and mixing with the fans not just there but also at the wreck and on other away days um, that that we've been on. Um, I think that's really kind of been been my highlight. I, I've absolutely loved kind of yeah talking the game over with you boys. Um, but also just chatting over the games, games on Twitter, um, and, and kind of with fans in bars afterwards. So yeah, that that's been kind of a highlight for me. It's just on the pitch, I think it's weird. I think Northampton saying, well, I start with this one. I think Sale, uh, the victory against Sale, just kind of at the end of the lockdown period, which almost secured us the semi final. I think that was the best we've played doing this podcast. That was a phenomenal performance, phenomenal result in, in what was, you know, a really, really big game for the club. And I think another game that I that I really enjoyed was the, the Northampton Saints win in that same sort of block of, of time. Um, I think that was our first midweek game that we'd, we'd ever played and we'd ever kind of covered on the podcast. And I think that win where we just dominated them physically at scrum time, I, I love that. And I think those two games were stand out in more recent memory as just, yeah, coming on the podcast, really excited to, to talk about the, um, the, the game. And I think Saints is an interesting one because you mentioned the game there, Charlie, and I've mentioned one there. And I think actually on the flip side, if we turn it negative ever so slightly to our thinnest moments on the podcast, I think in our first season, that run where we lost in the last minute, I think, to Worcester, to Quinns, and then to Saints in like three consecutive weeks. I think Tom put a, famously put his foot through his fence in his in his old flat. And um, I think that run was very, very difficult to kind of get off the canvas every week, not just for the players, but I think more importantly for, for us podcasters, it was it was a tough, tough few weeks. We were down to like we were down to like eleven men by the end of it because he was just he was just sending everyone off. Yeah, Ian Tempest. Yeah, yeah, Ian Tempest sent sent. But I think it was like 
three of the four props ended up getting a yellow card and it was un- uncontested scrums by the end of the match because they'd all been sent off. Even the replacements had been sent off. The, the game like ran on to like 110 minutes or something. I think we had a yellow card that was like in like the 80, 84, 83rd minute or something. And then he came back on, I think. Yeah. The, game, the game went so long. I think it got to 96 and just prolonged the pain. And you know, we, you, we often say that we're too similar. Our views are too similar on this podcast, but that's exactly what I had noted down. I'm that remember that run of games so vividly and yeah the Worcester game I think was at the start of that and and the Quinns game at, at the end and that Quinns game sticks out because we we had the ball I think the clock was the clock was just about to go red and we sort of fumbled it or we kicked it out or something they turned over and and, and Quinns went sort of 50 meters and Nathan Earl scored in the in the corner on the right hand side of, of the wreck and yeah they're, they're your lowest moments and and as we were saying to to to, me, to to Will earlier when we when we spoke, the it's almost role reversal now where we're starting to come back into games and and win at the death and that is that's all the sweeter. Um, I think yeah the only things I had I had noted down were the loss to Toulouse at the wreck with the um, should we say miss try and then miss kick uh, uh, um, and also I think some of the well, he missed some the of as well didn't he yeah hit the post I thought he, yeah I thought he hit the post so, with that penalty this, this was going to be one of my thinnest moments because <laughs> we, we were all there watching the game. And Gabriel, I quote, said to me, I will burn a bath shirt in front of Freddie Burns if he misses this kick. <laughs> he has yet to do that. But, um... <laughs> yeah, that's when our relationship started to... Uh, started yeah, to, to go be... separate ways, I think, uh, <laughs> yours and Freddie's. Um, but, uh, yeah, that... I think that the... Oh, go on, mate, sorry. No, I mean, I was going to say, that, that was definitely one of the things. Yeah. Uh, that to lose game obviously um but also i think it was probably the first game we reviewed was uh losing to bristol bears uh on their return to the premiership um thinking, tommy tommy homer yeah exactly um dropping the ball dropping the ball over the line christ yeah that that just is sort of the the complete embarrassment and we thought oh what a fantastic idea to do a podcast about bath rugby and then we get then we go and lose to bristol quite heavily uh, yeah, first game we ever reviewed. Yeah, yeah I mean. there's been some tough. Um, there's been some tough Bristol games. Like obviously that one. Yeah. The other one at the start of the season, Tom, when we were in Japan. The one at home, which we lost just before lockdown, and then obviously the one this season. That's four that kind of spring to mind as being pretty tough reviews, especially it's Bristol. And um, yeah, our feelings about Bristol have been pretty clear um, throughout throughout the, the podcast. I think maybe the thinnest moment um, for the listeners, Charlie, was when we were just starting off when we were reviewing those games and I was living I was living abroad and the, the connection issues that we had were, yeah, they were dubious. So I think we've come a long way in, in that way, lads. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been a great, it's been a great ride. And thank you just to a few of the people on Twitter um, today that have just got in touch with us to say thank you for, for doing the podcast and kind of we just say thank you very much for listening um, and yeah as ever love love kind of getting in touch with you um, without further ado boys I think everyone scrolled through that part anyway to get to the Will Muir interview <laughs> um, so let's crack on with it this was our conversation with Will that we had a little so for the 100th episode joined by our biggest guest so far two try hero from the weekend Will Muir. Will, thank you so much for coming on. How are you feeling after the win on Sunday? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, obviously, it was a great great to get over the line on Sunday and uh, and get the win in what 
was quite a nail-biting affair, I'm sure you'll agree. But uh, yeah, the mood in camp's real good from what I saw this morning and everyone was sort of buzzing just to get the result, really. Probably not the prettiest rugby we've played, but got the job done. And what was the reaction kind of in, in the dressing room immediately after the game? Were you guys just happy to get over the line, happy with the performance? What was the, the feedback from Hooper and, and the leaders? Yeah, it was just mainly just sort of highlighting that that fight that we had, um, that sort of never-die attitude that we've got, that sort of got us over the line in recent games. Like that tight game at the wreck against Gloucester a few weeks ago. Games like that, that lads are saying they often fell the wrong side of those results. And, and just this sort of togetherness and fight that we're showing now that's sort of getting us over the line when it's important. Yeah, and I think I was going to say as a fan, like it's... It's, it's, it's so nice because in seasons gone by we've had tendency to sort of get ahead and then kind of give away like leads that we've had which is like really frustrating um, so yeah you're right I mean even in that Zebra game where we thought we potentially were going to have a you know a little bit of a scare out in Italy um, it seems like we just kind of we just kind of find the answers and I, I can't remember um, you know too many occasions where we've we've come back and scored you know two tries in the last 14 minutes so yeah, uh, it certainly got our hearts racing watching um, watching TV. So I can only kind of imagine uh, imagine what it was like scoring that scoring that final try and and what a kick from from Spencer showed showed a pretty incredible bottle to get it get it from out there. Um, you know, not having kicked actually that much um, this this season with Preston doing such a good job. Yeah, it was brave of him to throw that pass out to me actually because he knew he was going to be asked to be the one that's yeah. going to kick that. So. I just put it down and got out of his way and let him crack on with that. <laughs> yeah. And do you think that? Do you think there was like a? Oh, sorry. I was just going. Was there any sort of um, like niggling, like disappointment from the from the game? Because I think, well, certainly from our point of view, there was, or from the performance. Because I think from our point of view, you know, we've 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 probably played a lot better than that in in recent yeah. weeks, and it was weird. Like, what what do you think? Were, were the reasons for that and what, what areas of the game have you kind of focused on maybe today if you've had chance to review that, that maybe didn't go as well as, 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 as planned? Well, we sort of knew it was going to be such a physical sort of affair. We knew with some of their ball carriers it was a matter of just hitting them low and, and stopping them not getting too far over the game line. And uh, as, as you saw a few times they got on that front foot some big carries from that number eight and and uh, like Ellis Genge and yeah it just sort of gave him that front foot and George Fodd being who he is being able to pin the corners and kick like he does is it's it's pretty incredible but um, but yeah so we, we sort of felt like we didn't perform as, as well as we could have I sort of we came away from our structure and sort of didn't have that yeah that platform to play from to really play on on our own terms sort of thing it seemed a bit sort of scrappy here and there the strikes sort of didn't go how we wanted them to and I don't know what goes on in the scrums I've, it all goes straight over my head but yeah I don't know I don't know but but yeah that's what sort of made it such a scrappy game Look um, I guess I was going to ask you obviously went over the line for that winning try um, you looked in a bit of pain um, while you're rolling over, but uh, how's how's the leg holding up? Um, what's the situation there? I mean, uh, hopefully you're not feeling too bad, or you know you're just milking a bit so you can get next week and off pubs. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, yeah, just went over on an ankle, something I've done loads of times. Just 
gets a bit painful to put weight through it, but then it sorts itself out after a few days. So, yeah, I don't think I can milk a few pub days here and there. <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned um, George Ford there, Will, and kind of I think in both games against Leicester this season, he's kind of made it really difficult for you guys in the back three with that that kind of spiral bomb that it seemed to be calling yeah. it. Kind of how difficult is that to take, and 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 is it really different to to the sort of normal way of kicking it? So I'd never never heard of it. So I watched them play uh, Leicester last time, and he was banging them up on on Ant all day, wasn't he? And, mm. and it looked a nightmare. And so in training this week, we had sort of a big emphasis on trying to get, get our heads around them. And I'd obviously never done one before. So I had Rocco just banging one up after another under me. And everything that you think you know about covering a high ball just goes completely out the window right. and the ball just bounces two metres to the side. So it gets it, so it spirals up. And as it's coming down, it's like moving sort of left to right as it's coming like vertically down. And it's an absolute nightmare. It, it was a rough week trying to even prepare for it. And luckily, I didn't have to end up getting under any. <laughs> I think Anne coped with them quite well, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's many people that can consistently hit them as well as he does. So, what? It sounds like Rocco can. Are we going to see him um, yeah. in the pocket sticking a couple up? <laughs> well, I say that. I mean, one out of three would go. The other two, I just let them go because I, I think he just slice them straight off the side. <laughs> How do you think the the kind of season's been been going? I think maybe more sort of question. What do you think's changed? I think the start of the season we were struggling for consistency, uh, and kind of recently, I, I think we've we've only lost one of the last seven. Obviously, apart from your introduction to the squad, I think your st- first start was Sale, which is when it all turned around. Apart from that obvious change, what can you kind of put the the, the change down to in kind of the turnaround and fortunes? Um. Not sure, really. I think I just I know what you mean. Like, just feel like things are clicking a lot more than. Well, obviously, I was. I had my little injuries. I was watching from the from the sideline. I'm still I'm still learning the game now. Um, so obviously, I don't really have the as much as like a tactical mm. analysis for it. But I don't know. Things just seem to be clicking a lot more. I've, I've definitely learned a lot more about how each player plays and sort of knowing how what other people's traits are you sort of play off them quite well so personally I've just sort of got a better understanding of my teammates really like you know when Josh Matavesi carries he's, he's probably going to get his arms free get an offload away that sort of thing so yeah for me just little things like that clicking but as a team thing I don't know really as I've only just come in yeah because I was going to say I mean obviously coming across from sevens uh, it's playing 15s again I mean, we one would always expect you to be pretty dangerous out in open spaces, be a bit of a classy finisher, which obviously you've shown both of those things. But I think what we've definitely been pretty impressed with, and lots of the fans, is like your your sport lines and uh, sort of always being on the shoulder of the right person, being in the right place at the right time, which you wouldn't necessarily expect you to have picked up so quickly. I mean, has there been a coach who's really helped you through there? Is that something you've sort of always had in the past from your 15s career or is it just getting a better understanding of the players around you who, you know, the likes of Matavesi who was going to get his hands free and give you the ball in space? Yeah, I think it's a mix. Um, I work quite closely with Gerv and MC and Ryan Davies and, and they put this big emphasis on me working in behind the forwards um, and just trying to link up out the back so we've got that platform that if there is something on we can call for it straight out the back of the forwards and have a crack so that's something I'm trying to sort of implement a lot more 
Um, but then, yeah, like you say, playing with like a Matavesi or Reese Priestley, they just sort of want us back three to get our hands on the ball as much as possible. So any opportunity really to pull the trigger and have a crack, they want us to do. So that's why we're sort of putting our hands up to have a go more, I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, if, if I guess from sevens, it probably helps that when someone's making half a break, you sort of instinctively sort of hitting the gaps either side and hitting those support lines. I think that's something that, that yeah, that's happened in sevens. So it's probably just drilled in really. No one's chucking the big, uh, the big dummy like Matavesi though. Uh, no one, no one in sevens quite got that in the locker. Um, <laughs> I, so. I was going to ask like, about the about the transition, like like more broadly, because I remember speaking to to Rory, and obviously he'd been involved in you know A League and and Premiership Rugby Cup, and he he played in a few different positions as well. I remember him playing in in the centre and fullback, and then he kind of realised that wing was probably his his preferred position. But obviously, you know, you joined back in August, and we've not had a league until well until 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 this week really and we've not had you know premiership rugby cup that kind of thing so how how's the transition been overall and kind of what have the main challenges that 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 you faced in in you know only the last the last eight months to to get to where you are now um i think definitely just fitting into like that structure and pattern and sort of understanding the game more like um like I say, linking in out the back of the forwards instead of just being out on the wing the whole time, expecting the ball, which is pretty much when I came in, I was pretty brand new in that aspect, thinking I'm holding the width here, holding the fence out sort of thing. If I get it, I have a crap. But it's sort of more reading the defence and then depending on what you see is where you go sort of looking for the ball on shoulder balls or setting up the next phase sort of thing. So I think there's a lot more... You've you're more of a playmaker than I thought you were on the winger, like as a winger, I feel. You're not just that end man, sort of everyone has to be able to to sort of run run the players and if ever you need to step in. And same with the backfield sort of thing, if, if, if Ant's up there, you need to recognise it and be able to play from the backfield sort of thing. I mean, kicking something I'm, I'm putting a lot of time into at the moment because it's not, obviously something I've not really ever done before, especially mm. in sevens. Um, so yeah, there's been a few shaky left booted kicks going on in sessions, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so kicking. Um, but yeah, pretty much that fitting into structures and stuff. Um, I think I've still got so much to learn. Really, I'm learning so much each game, and uh, that's why I'm just trying to review and, and get as much feedback as possible. And what, was it was it always the wing that you've? you've been you've been playing on or did you try kind of a few other positions when you moved across as well uh, I, I jumped in at 15 a few times for, for a couple of weeks um, but again it's just it was just all about getting the understanding of positioning backfield mm-hmm. sort of thing really um, so I'm a lot more comfortable if I did have to fit in there now but yeah I'm sort of rooted to, to the wings at the moment you mentioned Rory there a couple of times, well, and you did trolley. What's kind of your relationship like with him? Did you get on well before um, before you joined, and and kind of how has he helped you since you have joined? Obviously, he did the transition two years ago or so. Yeah, it, well, you all met him a couple of times. He's a great, great guy, and he he's, yeah. he sort of goes out his way to um, to help anyone. And, and he was the same at seven. So I met him when I went over to seven while I was at uni. And uh, we overlapped for a few tournaments before he left for Bath. And yeah, it was just, he just 
sort of go out his way to keep you on the right page. Any questions you had with him, he'd, he'd um, just clear it with you. I don't want to give him too much. <laughs> he listens to this, doesn't he? And he'll, he'll <laughs> he doesn't want to see me being all soppy and nice to him. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, him and, and, and Rocco, especially at Bath, they just they make sure you you know your stuff and that you're on the right page and you're comfortable going into what you're doing, which is which is ideal, really. Well, it must have been. It must have like must have given you a fair bit of confidence, though. Like seeing him almost come across as a as a blueprint and and join Bath, get up to speed quickly, and then you know what was it? You know, a year later, he was he was off to off to Japan to to score that worldie in the corner. But um, he uh, it must have given you like a lot of confidence to see that the, that 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 model actually works and that you know you can have have success kind of moving across at Bath. Yeah, I mean. The expectation on me probably was a bit higher <laughs> when you see him do that, and then they're expecting me to come across and follow up path. I think, but um, but yeah, no, it's great. And then you see like Marcus Watson, mm. other lads that have come over from sevens and and, and playing Premiership. Richard the Carpenter's been playing for Harlequins. I think it just shows what a sort of valuable pathway it is, really. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose I mean, obviously, your time with. Uh, Sevens uh, was 2019 when you went on the, the series. Um, and obviously, we just mentioned Rory going off to Japan. You were hoping to be off to Japan this summer as well, aren't you? To get off to the Olympics, is that right? I mean, what's the situation with uh, with the GB Sevens, and uh, how's that working with Bath, and what was the potential to see you in a in a GB jersey this this summer? Yeah, so the lads uh, are in the GB camps at the moment. Um, training up at Loughborough I think it's Monday Thursday obviously in the lead up to the Olympics at the end of July um, and yeah I'm, I'm in like the long list so I think there's 20 of us all together and it's just sort of um, a matter of sorting out details and dates or whether it's going to be viable or not for me to jump over because playing for Bath is sort of my priority at the moment um, uh, we've, we're in a we're in a cup semi-final. We're pushing for that top four spot. So all my focus is sort of on Bath at the moment. Um, but at the back of my mind, yeah, the Olympics, something I've sort of set my eyes on for the last two or three years at least. So um, if we could get something to work out, it'd be amazing. It's sort of like once in a lifetime, really, from where I am now. Um, but yeah, who knows? We'll see how these these next few months go. Yeah. What you're saying, what you're saying is, Challenge Cup medal over Olympic gold is is a hundred percent there. Okay, you don't have to answer that. <laughs> yeah, you guys mentioned the the competitions that that were sort of still in. What are the what are the realistic aspirations for for Bath this season? Bro, is it is is it you know Challenge Cup and and, and top four? Is that what we can hope for as fans, or or is it maybe that we may have to kind of I don't know, not settle for one, but but will we have to kind of prioritise one over the other? What's your verdict on that? No, I think it's definitely def- uh, definitely possible. I think we mm. well, we semi finals at home to um, Montpellier. Yeah. It's, it's definitely doable, isn't it? I mean, it's two games and then you've won the trophy. Uh, pushing for top four, I think we're ten points off top four, aren't we? Yep. And you know yep. anything can happen in any of these Premiership games, so it's definitely on the cards. Just about sort of nailing down these little bits and pieces, so we can sort of consistently play and finish the season strong. Really, 
but that's what everyone's got their eyes set on. We're definitely aiming for this for this trophy and then top four finish. Well, that's that's great to hear as bar fans, and thank you so much, Will, for for coming on. We really enjoyed your your company. Oh, sorry, I just had, I just had one question that I'd um it would be kind of all important question, I guess. And yeah, bearing in mind this is a family show, but where does where does the nickname the horse come from, Will, and 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 how did that come about? So you'll be disappointed to hear it's. Um, <laughs> so it was while I was training at uh, while I was at university, I came down to Sevens for a week's training before going away to a sevens academy tournament in South Africa. So I came down and I was doing, I wasn't allowed to do the full training because obviously they were doing a death zone session and I was a uni student. So I don't think I'd have gone that road. <laughs> and so I was doing um, some tempo running down the side of the pitch and all the lads just finished the session. They were all in a huddle and there was like Rory, Dan Norton, and everyone. Mm. I was doing my running up and down and they were all just watching and they were going, look at the stride length on him. It's like a <laughs> down there. And anyway, I joined the huddle after I'd finished and they were like, I think we're going to call you the horse from now on. And I was like terrified, like a timid, just uni student. I, was, I just said, well, that definitely won't stick. And everyone just erupted. And then from that point on, everyone's gone out of the way and made sure it <laughs> sticks as much as possible. And it's followed me around since. So. <laughs> Oh, disappointing story yeah, <laughs> well yeah thank you so much for coming on and whisper it quietly you know we may have found our new favourite uh, seventh convert to join Bath but um, we won't tell Rory thank you well and good luck, great to good luck um, with the rest of the season look at that boys hundreds of episodes in and we I booked the star of the weekend you know I'd like to say that we, we kind of booked it after Sunday but we've had that one in the pipeline for a little while so thank you so much for Will for coming on again and um, the boys really enjoyed that chat with him Tom kind of what was the main takeaway you had from, from the chat with him apart from um, you know watching me watching through cringed eyes you asked him why he was called the horse <laughs> yeah um, no, it seems, seems like a really really good bloke and is I can't believe how relaxed he is like you, you know you ask him how it is that he's playing at the level he is at 15s after joining the club eight months ago and he's just sort of searching for, for answers thinking, oh, I don't, don't really know. So certainly envy his natural ability at rugby that I uh, never had, that's for sure. But um, seems a really nice guy, really confident in what what he's doing, but also, you know, he's he's got a lot to, to learn, as he said. And I think I can kind of see him going going from from strength to strength as, a, as, as I know you agree with, Charlie. Yeah, no, he, uh, he's... he's definitely a phenomenal player and I've mentioned already I think there's definitely a correlation between his presence uh, in a Bath shirt and us turning around this season which was pretty ropey at the start so yeah good good to have him on top bloke and yeah it it is disappointing that there was such a PG answer to uh, his nickname (laughs) honestly one thing that's not changed over the 100 episodes (laughs) I sent the um, structure that I was looking to do uh, and that was kind of thrown in the bin by the other two. So, yeah, good to see that, that nothing's changed over the two years that we've been doing it. Um, no, it was good stuff, boys. Enjoyed it. Um, let's focus our attention then to the uh, to the win on Sunday at the wreck. Um, 21-20 victory, Tom, having been 17-7 down. I think Will touched on it there that, that there were things to work on in that performance. Uh, is that kind of how you see it, even though we got the win? Yeah, massively so. I think the as as we said watching the game, the performance for large large parts of that game, you know, at least the first hour really was 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 pretty poor. I mean, we you know we we showed touches and and good endeavour early doors, but it wasn't matched by accuracy. The scrum was 
a real worry as as we identified, but it was worse than I think we we expected, and we were losing one-up collisions with guys that we know are dangerous runners, Ellis Gens, Jasper Visa, but but you know guys that we need to need to be need to be putting down. So ultimately, you know, when we're in such a tight race for this top four, every single match and every single point is important. So the win is the 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 ultimate. Uh, you know the thing that we needed and it was great to score those two tries in that last 15 minutes but I think in the review on whether it's today or, or tomorrow that the Bath are having they'll have identified some some pretty serious deficiencies in 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 that performance yeah I mean the whole set piece in in, like in general was obviously a, a bit of a worry like I think Genj certainly had Stuart's number in in the scrum mm. and that always creates a bit of uh What's the word? Uh, just a worry. Like you're always worried to knock the ball on. You're always worried to make uh, to make a mistake because it can just result in you just being 40 meters back downfield. So yeah, that 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 was difficult. And we like Bath rely so much on, on their physicality mm. that it, 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 when we don't get our way on on the gain line in the set piece, so we can often fall to pieces. So. Yeah, that that was that was a bit of a concern for sure. Well, Tom, what happened in the scrum? Explain it to me because we've got Abano and Stewart, who are England's squad players. You know, it can't just be the fact that they were missing Tom Dunn. What was going on? I, before I do, Rob Jones got in touch with us on Twitter to say, I do think the ref gave Bath the very rough end of the stick in the scrum as well. And I do think maybe on a couple of occasions, I felt like we were slightly hard done by. But I also think there were other occasions where yeah. we were bullied. Why? Why? Yeah, we were. And, and the scrum decisions from the referee often becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy when you lose the first couple and then the referees, you know, thinks that you're bringing it down or you're, um, you know, committing any other offences and he, he, he'll ping you all day. And I think, what was it? Four scrum penalties and, and, and two free kicks. So yeah, Will, Will Stewart's going to be really disappointed, I think, in particular. I think when when I look at, looked at the, the difference and I watched back some of the, the scrums today, and I think Leicester are just slightly more cohesive unit on the on the set so on the on the engage when they're when they're together when you watch them they're all kind of in harmony obviously they've been playing together much more in that eight than the bath they have with them being you know playing at different um different you know internationals and and, and that kind of thing and less just looked a little bit joined up whereas bath at times you know abano would be slightly early or we wouldn't necessarily get an engage through together um, in a cohesive way with the with the two second rows. So when that happens, what you almost get is an initial nudge. And Ellis Genge is such an aggressive scrummager that he's not interested in not pushing before the ball comes in. If he gets away with it, on the engage, he's already moving forwards. And Will Stewart was a little bit passive, I think, was already on the back foot. And so when the ball comes in, you're almost already trying to play catch up. So I thought it was really interesting Bath put out that that video of the you know three or four minutes of 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 the scrum you know with Tom Dunn as as expected in the background on his on his band absolutely loving it and then one of the words that Mark Lilly was was and, and Hatley were emphasising was kind of the being a bit more together and cohesive and I think that that's something that they'll they'll have identified didn't quite work out and that that Leicester did did a lot better so yeah I agree with the referee point but I think that that they definitely look the more powerful unit in as an eight in that area. Yeah, it felt to me like, because we, I think, were pinged twice for free kicks for like early engage or early set. I mean, I don't know, it just felt like Genge was just being a bit more street smart than Stewart. And I think he was almost kind of pulling him into it. I think that was identified by a few people on Twitter. Yeah. It just felt like, you know, every time 
every time there was a penalty, it would obviously, the, the coverage would obviously flash to Stuart often. And it, he was almost like kind of, like not laughing, but he was also, he was kind of like a wry smile, like, oh, Ellis has kind of, he's kind of done me there. And I just think that that maybe with experience and, and, and more experience at international level, which Genja's clearly got and Cole's got way more than Abano, I think maybe kind of, we were just outsmarted a little bit in that area. And also I think, you know, obviously out physically, out physical, out, out. Yeah, and you just just quickly, Charlie, and, and you know that the, the hooker in that scenario, they're the person in the middle. They can feel what's going on either side if they're driving straight as they're as they're coming in, and if it's like cohesive because they can feel both second rows and obviously the props as well. And one thing that Tom Dunn we've said does so well is he talks to the referee. He makes sure that the 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 um you know, that, that there's enough of a gap, for example, you make sure that it's straight and none of that kind of pulling and pushing beforehand's going on. And maybe Jack Walker just didn't necessarily take it on himself to kind of talk to the referee and make sure that it was a, it was being fairly officiated. Um, and because I think you're right, you know, Genge will play every trick in the book. And I think maybe Stuart's not necessarily confident or, um, or maybe arrogant enough to get involved with the referee and, and kind of let him know what's, what's going on. Yeah, I think also, I mean, it's, it's an interesting point, Tom. I haven't really thought too much about you no know, sort of done missing there, but uh, and the role that he can play at scrum time as well. But also, I think looking at um, uh, Genge, sort of Genge on Stewart head to head, they've obviously been in the England squad together, been coached by uh, the same scrum coach. They're proud of yeah. each other, um, like, but what, for the past couple of months? You'll get to know someone's weaknesses a lot during that time as well as their strengths and I mean I think there's definitely that creates an opportunity for someone like Genj to be a bit smarter yeah. and you know and out scrummage him and you know exploit those weaknesses exploit or, or, or make sure that he doesn't exploit his strengths against you against you so I mean that I reckon that has probably got a, a, a bit to play there as well mm. yeah yeah good point yeah, I think that's I think that's that's probably true, Charlie. Um, I think we've we've covered the scrums there and from one end of the, the pitch to the other, and, and kind of another huge area why we struggled in that first hour for me was this this George Ford kicking stuff. What's going well, like having that well, chat with Norm Muir was was alarmingly eye-opening. I had no idea that there was actually a way that Ford can kick it so it's like swirling in the air that badly, like it's a really windy day. Why has he not done that for England? on a more consistent basis it seems like he only ever does it against Bath maybe that's because I'm watching much more closely when he's doing it against Bath but on both occasions he's given Anthony um, you know a really tough day at the office if, we, if we're being honest at fullback and he doesn't seem to do that at international level as much yeah because I was I was I was amazed hearing that yeah from the world because I, we, we, we've discussed we've, we've like, yeah we've been we've made some mugs pie. there yeah, I mean, he's certainly he's a bit of humble pie thinking like oh George Ward hasn't reinvented how to kick a rugby ball but yeah it turns out uh, not only George Ford but also Rocco has <laughs> had to uh, uh, spiral a rugby ball up in the air but yeah I mean uh, so yeah that is certainly an eye opener and I guess uh, it's useful talking to someone who actually knows what they're on about for once so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so, but you know it, that certainly gave us a tough time of it I Anthony seemed to handle it well enough, and I thought, you know, as a general performance, he definitely stood out as as you know, uh, he managed to high ball well enough. But um, I think as, as a general performance, he he, he did a fantastic yeah. job. Some of the high, you know, some of the highlights, I guess, in that in the Bath jersey. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think 
it's, it's definitely much easier like than than us kind of sat here talking about it. And and you know, if 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 Will Muir turns around and says, you know, Watson dealt with it well, then he they those guys know much better than me. I just feel like with with Watson, he was so effective during the Six Nations, and he looked he looked a million dollars, and he's as a result, you know, in most people's sort of Lions fifteen. But I, I I just feel that he's not quite firing all cylinders for for Bath from from fullback, and you know whether it's because he obviously played on the wing for England and has now come back into the the fullback jersey for Bath, you know I don't know, but I feel like what he's struggling with a little bit at the moment is maybe some of the positional play. But I think also just the the kick pass run decision that he has to make when he gets the ball in that backfield. I think at times he kicks really effectively, but but at times he you know and quite often in that game he kind of made the wrong decision. He ran, got isolated, made kind of a half break, but then it's a you know it's a stone dead penalty. So I don't know. I, I'm interested to hear what you think as well, G. But I I just think that he he doesn't quite look a hundred percent comfortable at fullback right now. Go on, Charlie. You respond to that, mate. If you thought, he, if you well, no, I don't know. I think, I think. Look, he 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 had a tricky day of it under the high ball, but I think he he what he does fantastically well. I mean, uh, better than any other player is his ability to get his hands on the ball, and when he gets his hands on the ball, he makes things happen. And he he's he's such a Yeah, and he just he just gets himself involved in the crucial mm. moment in the game. I think you know. Yeah, I I agree. I agree, Charlie. Sorry, I just cut out a little bit there. We're hundred episodes in, but still struggling a little bit with the <laughs> internet connection. But I think I'd probably agree with you, Tom. That I I didn't think he had his, his best game, um, and I do agree the decision making was. Yeah, I think I don't think it was. Uh, yeah, I do think he kind of he, he right. He makes that half break and then the jackal's so easy. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't want to sit on the fence here. But, but he, he's 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 in the game so much, which I which is so great to see. Like he is coming into the line and, and and kind of taking it at first receiver a lot more than he used to. And I I really do think that that that's something he's added to his game. Um, he, was, he was he was he was involved in the game so much, and I think yeah. Yeah, because that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I just think his, yeah, his, his involvement. That's what I think is so important. Like, whether he makes a few errors, yes. Like, it, it, maybe he made more errors than he than he normally does in the Bath jersey. But I don't think we can necessarily be criticizing him and saying he doesn't look comfortable, doesn't look this, that, or the other. I mean, he he still he still made seventy nine meters was our was our our, our highest uh, in the highest Bath uh, Bath player in terms of meters made. Three defenders beat in one clean break. He had 14 carries, 14 passes. I mean, he's he's getting his hands on the ball so much, and I think that's that that just yeah, it's important. Like you you compare that to some I think of the that, other I think Zach Mercer got 102, didn't he? But other than him, I think yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Look, I mean, you, but you compare it to some of the other players in the back line, and mm. he gets himself involved so much, which is so important as a back three player. Like when we were talking to Will Muir earlier, I think it, it, one of his strengths is his ability to. To, to get his hands on the ball, like how he says he's he he, he sort of trails the forwards, and uh, you know when 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 they want the ball and want to go out wide, they'll they'll do that, and I think that's it's crucial. I mean, I think when you compare it to someone like potentially Thokinasiga, who hasn't, he probably does struggle getting his hands on the ball enough. Mm-hmm. And if 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 he could be potentially a bit more like what's uh, like Watson, and you know it, it's sort of like. 
Well, for, for ones with better phrase, throw enough mud on the wall and some of it will stick. I mean, if you if you have if you have more if you have more engagement, like the chances are, and if you get your hands on the ball more, you're going to do more damage. So yeah, um, I just sorry wrap this this kind of this yeah. conversation up. Three kind of names from you guys, and this is a very difficult question given the guests we had on this morning. This, this well, we did this last week, didn't we? Well, yeah, but has I think we did it a couple of weeks ago. But I don't know, has anyone's back three for Bath everyone fit? So, McConaughey, the Glanville, Muir, Rocco, Big Joe, uh, Watson, Charlie, what's your what's your back three for starting against um, against Ulster in the, the Challenge Cup final? Oh, I don't know, probably Will Muir, one wing. Watson another wing to Glamble at fifteen potentially. Oh, no, McConaughey. Yeah, McConaughey oh. on the bench. I'd have I'd have big a big Mac on the bench. Oh, it's, no, oh, uh, it's, sorry. I when I when I when I was asked this couple of weeks ago, I I had Watson at fullback and I'd left out to Glanville. But I get what you're saying about the involvements. I just think that his most effective involvements in in when he's played best for club and country has have been kind of out wide on the wing. I think he's so effective at beating people on the outside when he's on the wing. Um, we know he can do it at fullback, but I just think the form that he's in at wing for England and potentially that, you know, playing for the Lions and all of that, I, I, I have always thought that that's his best position, but I just know that he can do fullback from Bath and there hasn't always been someone to slot in as I think there now is in, in Tom de Glanville. So I'm I'm slowly turning round to 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 the view that he should be he should be on the wing for Bath, um, and I I I I'm not going to be pushed to name the other winger. So you're going to comment out on me, but um, I, and I'd have De Glanville at fullback. I think very diplomatic answer. Yeah, and I'm I'm not I'm I'm the host, so I'm not even going to give an opinion on this one. Boy, Charlie's thrown Charlie's thrown Big Mac under the bus. That horrible, mate. <laughs> I was just going to say though, maybe just to move it on. Um, it was clearly a tactic, wasn't it, from 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 Tigers because we showed so much endeavour, but then would lose the ball in that early period. And in the first twenty-seven minutes, BT flashed up a stat. In the first twenty-seven minutes, Leicester kicked seventeen times for territory alone, and and we clearly had it as a you know a tactic to try and get the ball in behind in behind Bath and 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 try and test out. I think the 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 positioning of, of 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 that back three, and I think that tactic worked for them at early doors. Actually, yeah, I think I think it did. Um, I think that you know a real lack of accuracy from Bath in the twenty two. You know, we seem to be getting to the twenty two almost at will, and then would would spill it or would give a penalty away or or would just make a mistake, which kind of meant that we only scored that one will we a try in in the first half, boys, and and, and the scrum and the. the, the the, uh, the set piece in general, as you said, Charlie, was was just poor, um, but but we won. And I think this is my kind of main takeaway from the game is that I, I was, you know, throughout the game, you know, not very not very impressed, not very happy with with the performance. But at the end of the day, it, you know, as I said, we won. And I think that is the one thing that I would say Stuart Hooper's regime. I don't know whether it's Stuart Hooper's kind of to to credit for this, but this coaching regime this staff have got into these players and whether it's the players driving it or the the the, the staff driving it they've got that winning mentality I, I don't know we always used to say like winning these games just becomes a habit and I just think we've, we've we're starting to develop that that habit and and, and I, I think that was my my main takeaway over the course of this this run there's been close games um, but we've always ended up coming out on top and I and I really 100%. think a huge guy 
in that um, creating that winning mentality, that never said attitude, is um, is Ben Spencer, who yeah. who who is just phenomenal. He is just so good and kind of all round, you know, leadership on the field, driving that team, and then obviously to set up the try um, and then to kick the the, the 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 winning conversion, which was just obscene. Um, yeah, I thought he was hugely influential. Go on, Charlie. Yeah, I know it's it's impressive, isn't it? We're we're as, we're as good at coming back mm. uh, and winning games this half of the season as we were from throwing away <laughs> thirteen point leads in the first half of the season. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I think it was it was almost as if Spencer knew he was going to nail that kick, and so thought, well, I've got advantage, so I'll just I prefer that uh, you know we we score right out in the corner. I think someone on Twitter said that, or you said that, G. Uh, it almost prefer that we score right out in the corner, so I can show everyone that I'll I'll nail the kick from out wide. And I want to say I never knew, I, I never, you know, I, I always thought it was going over. I didn't at the time, but when it sailed straight through, it just it just yeah, it, it was just so Ben Spencer, and he's. As you say, he's such a winner. He's only really ever played in a in a winning environment. And, you know, I think Hooper, Hatley, maybe Katie Warriner, et cetera, and the other coaches can take some credit. But he's just a winner. And when you have a talisman come in and with, with that mentality, not knowing how to lose, it, it does so much for the for the for the players around him. Who who is bigger cojones after slotting a match winning kick? Ben Spencer uh, at the weekend. Or Reese Breeson against Gloucester, fifty meters out, oh. in windy, wet conditions. I think the Spence one was better. I really do. A, he's not the kicker, and B, yeah. it was like Breeson's was far, but it was straight in front, and he was on like a streak of like one hundred and fifty straight kicks. Whereas Spence <laughs> was like a scrum half, and yeah, but both equally kind of huge moments in the season. And, and you're right to bring that up, Charlie. Like if those kicks go the other way, we're kind of languishing, like. You know, not really even with a chance of getting the top four. So huge moments. And yeah, a little peek behind the curtain. Um, watching that game, I was not happy when Will Muir scored that, that, that final try. So I thought we've got penalty advantage. It's just key that we score under the posts. And I was, yeah, I was, um, I was singing a different tone about Ben Spencer for 30 seconds of my life, which I, I would like to go on record and say I regret. Um, I should always have faith in him. <laughs> what he's able to do at the death of a game yeah yeah. I guess the other, the other thing I was going to say on this guys was I think the the guys coming off the bench had mm. had a had a really big impact and, and kind of brought a new new lease of life you know 7 points to 17 it was when when those guys started to, to come on Miles Reed when he came on was yeah. was absolutely everywhere um, as, as, as he always is but I think maybe more topically given some of the things that we've been saying over the last few weeks I thought Jacques Detoit came on and showed that he's a really decent operator. You know, this, the, the hook, the, the line out was functioning really well. He was chucking to the, the back pod as well, uh, which I thought showed maybe not Spencer size cojones, but some, some maybe at least, a, you know, uh, oh, I'll stop there. But anyway, and, uh, and then the pick and go before the read try uh, carrying that, that ball, he looks like a pretty aggressive gnarly carrier as well. So, you know, we've we've spoken about does he deserve to to get a bit of a shot in that starting jersey with with Tom Dunn out at the moment, and does does he deserve to get get, get a chance over Jack Walker? And I think again on the evidence of of how those guys performed, uh, I'd say that I'm leaning towards towards the answer being yes, really. 
Well, I'm not, I'm not going to let Charlie uh, throw Walker under the bus for the 50th consecutive podcast. Um, <laughs> what, 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 I will, what I will ask Charlie is, why, Charlie, do hookers have to take the tap and go? What, what, why do they have to do it? Just because Cowan Dickey does it excellent doesn't mean like, only the hooker can do it. That is the only reason. I was <laughs> going to ask you boys exact same thing. What, why is, 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 is that the situation? I think it can only be because of Cowan Dickey. And they've, it's, you know, hookers throw into line outs and they tap and go from five metres out. I mean, yeah, why not give it to Mercer or, or one of the other, like one of the big second rows or someone? I mean, oh, maybe, maybe it's because, maybe it's perhaps because hookers tend to be sort of a bit more compact, explosive men so uh i mean potentially that's the reason so you know they've got a lower center of gravity so five meters out yeah and they're, they're they're used to being in the front rowers are used to being in that position aren't they i mean you know driving low to the ground um almost kind of mulling about on the on on on, on the mud whereas if you've got a second row and one of the tacklers able to get underneath them then it it could become pretty nasty i mean a barno for me would be the one i think i'd yeah. I'd, 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 sure. I'd be handing it to but I think Stuart, yeah. he was actually, you know, he, had, he didn't have his best day at scrum time, but in the, like carrying around the, the field, I thought it was, you know... Lovely, the, lovely break and kick, wasn't there as yeah, well? Exactly. So, the Falatal's book. <laughs> I thought maybe Stuart, but it's bizarre. Like you see it, every team in the league takes, the hooker just takes it. It's, it's like the line out. I, yeah. Strange, strange. Um, I've got a quick trivia question, boys. Um, and if, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've, you've, you've seen this on, on social media as well, but Miles Reed scored uh, a, a try in that, that penultimate try. Um, he first pulled a bath shirt on when he was 14 years old and has, has played through the age groups and, and academy and then into, into kind of first team action. How many tries has he scored since the age of 14 in a, in a bath shirt? Or how many tries had he scored previous to, to, to Sunday's game? I mean, I know the answer, so I'll let, All right, I'll, Charlie. I'll let Charlie have a guess. Uh, oh, he's either going to be one or none. Up <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> 50-50 gone. Right. <laughs> none. He never scored a try. Correct, yeah. Never scored since the age of 14. And I mean, that's quite impressive as a back rower, I think, but... Um, probably equally my try scoring record I reckon from uh, my, my early days of rugby but yeah it would have been nice for him to get over I think at long last yeah a key try obviously and, and, and then the final Wilmier try giving us the 21 to 20 win lads up to 7th now only one point behind London Irish in 6th position um, obviously you know we don't, we're not going to need the top 6 because we're going to win the challenge cup um, but yeah anyone else you want to call out any other points we, we, we want to make briefly from this game lads um, no, just both 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 finishes from Will Muir really impressive. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, uh, we we will. I, I sort of watching, especially that first try, uh, his first try. Mercer's just missed pass. It just made me feel like I'm really going to miss Mercer. He just seems such a jack of all trades, and you know, his, his sort of his ability to distribute the ball. You know, oh. carrying out wide, and you know his his you know in 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 the tight hard yards he's 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 just yeah he, he is he is phenomenal and that was the only thing I had to add as well Charlie was he is just phenomenal let's remember he is playing starting number eight and with Falatau at six not the other way around and he is 
ridiculous. I mean, just the stats alone, 102 meters, eight defenders beaten, one try assist, one, one, one clean break. He was absolutely everywhere. And what I really, really enjoyed, um, almost made me emotional was uh, when I was watching the game back at the end of the game, bearing in mind, he's off to Montpellier on, on big money. And, you know, um, maybe he'll come back, who knows, but at the end of that game, when we got the win, he was on his knees, thumping the the turf at the wreck in in absolute elation, and he just really wants to leave the club on a on a positive note. And then in the interview afterwards, he could, you know, he was absolutely grinning throughout the whole thing. And he, he's a ta- he's just an absolute talisman, and we we will we will we will definitely miss him. And um, yeah, um, Montpellier are, are very lucky to be getting him. I think because he's he's at the age of twenty three still. He's just an absolute class act. 23. Right it's unbelievable. Yeah, well, Jack Ukitsia, how big are your how big are your feet? Because you've got some very, very big, big boots to fill. Um, <laughs> he's in the country, so. <laughs> I thought we were back. I thought we were back onto Cajonas then. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> um, other guys, lads, that uh, will be looking to fill the shoes of, of current Bath players um, featured on Friday afternoon at the Wreck um, in a Bath United against Gloucester. Um, Gloucester Academy or Gloucester second team uh, side uh, 36-19 victors on Friday um, I think this this is really important to, to kind of highlight because as you we as you alluded to Tom when we spoke to Will like it's just been there's been so many guys that just haven't played any rugby for quite a little period of time now and we've seen a few go out on loan to, to Jersey Reds and to Coventry but the guys that aren't on loan that are still training and fit every week but can't break into that side, you know, some of the young guys like Gabe Hamer-Webb, uh, Max Wright, Ollie Fox, three guys that spring to mind, they were playing and, and a huge opportunity for them, Tom, to feature and, and just to play some rugby, I think, and, and to kind of, you know, continue their, continue their development. This game wasn't streamed, um, but Bath have put out some, some highlights. So I don't know if there's any one or anything you wanted to, to highlight from the game. Yeah, I think we, we've we've spoken about how important it is for the the players coming through in their their pathway, um, and and you know some guys can 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 leapfrog that like like Will Muir and come straight into to first team action. Some guys uh, it, it wouldn't be sensible for to, to do that because you could do them more harm than than good. And I think you know the, the one guy that I think will benefit hugely from from this being being back up is is Orlando Bailey. You know he can Reese Preston can come back in do his job for for the rest of the season Bailey can be involved because now he's he's got that under his belt he can be involved off the bench and he can he can can play where needed but he can go back with that first team experience and now try and run the show for for Bath United and then come back having already been blooded at a first team level with that that extra bit of bit of confidence in his game so yeah it's great to see these guys getting 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 a run out and some 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 really impressive tries in the in, in the highlights. One from we, we were chatting about earlier, boys from um, Max Joma um, with showing some showing some unbelievable pace. So yeah, really good to see those guys guys back out. Yeah. Incredible wheels. I mean, you say some fantastic tries. That was a fantastic try. I think every other try was just a maul from five meters. <laughs> Man, that, that that counts as a fantastic try to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Tom Tom Doherty. Um, who has actually gone out on loan to Coventry, but is, was back for this game on the end of three of those uh, three of those moves, as you say, Charlie, to to get a hat trick. Um, a, a Bath Uni, ex Bath Uni guy who who was 
you know, again, suffered from from this lack of game time. So, yeah, I think those were the two things that I certainly took from from the game. Um, okay, boys, without kind of wanting to run too long, let's briefly look ahead to Bath's next game against Wasps. Um, and I'll come to you first, Charlie, with with kind of a question uh, about team selection. So obviously Wasps this weekend and then Montpellier, the semi-final the following weekend. Now, John Andrews on Twitter got in touch with us at Bath Rugby Plug to say, do we rest players for the Wasps game and go all in against Montpellier? What are you doing if you're uh, Stuart Hooper, Charlie? Yeah, I think it, it, like obviously we want to try and rest some boys. So I, think it, I think like speaking to Will earlier, Obviously, he wants to win the Challenge Cup more than he wants to go to the Olympics, of course. So, uh, <laughs> I think getting some silverware would, would be like, hugely important. Like the guys like Zach Mercer, like to, to sort of stamp or at least make, yeah, make a mark on this on this team that we've had because mm. we, we we haven't had any silverware for such a long time, and uh, I think that's important. It could sort of give us that 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 springboard to to, to go on to greater things as a, as a team so I think yeah Challenge Cup hugely important someone like Anthony Watson who I think he's played every single game since he he's yeah. played every game since he's come back from England so he I think he, he, he's he's obliged to be rested I think this weekend mm-hmm. um, uh, but yeah I think uh, so he's, he's someone who I'd probably rest I think De Glanville is almost back from injury uh, he's he's either this week or potentially back for, for Montpellier. So if 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 he can come back in, that would be yeah. you know, hugely important. But yeah, I, I would use this as an opportunity to rotate the squad a little bit. I, I still I, I don't like complete wholesale changes in moments like this. I think it's important to keep the same team, you know, the same core of the team together, so you can carry the momentum through. But yeah, this is certainly one that uh, you know potentially you might look to rest a couple yeah. of guys. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you can do some tinkering around the edges. I think Anthony Watson, as you identified, maybe tiredness is factoring into why he's not he didn't have his best game. Um, Toby Falatau as well. Is he looking tired? You've got Tom Ellis who could potentially come in in the in in the sixth jersey. But I, I don't really want to see too much more than that because I mean, if we if we if we look at the the the, the, the you know the, the the table now six games left we've got this wasps game and it's an absolute must win you know they're in a bad run of form they've they've lost seven out of their last eight in all competitions and then the the win we're to quali- we're ten points behind top four so really to qualify for the, the top four we really need five at least of the six games now we have to play Bristol who are top and Sale who are third in our two games after the Montpellier game in two games. So, you know, we, we really can't afford to lose this game. So I, I think, I think that being said, I'd, I'd make a cup. I'd, I'd potentially consider making a couple of, of changes. If those guys are struggling with, with fatigue, I think we're going to be forced into a change with Jonathan Joseph for a start because he limped off in the game against Tigers. So I don't really want to see massive changes at all. For me, Abano and Stewart have to start I think we are the foundations of our game. Well, we didn't show this very well at the weekend, but I think the foundations of a game are much weaker when those guys aren't around. Um, but I think if we've got any hope of winning the, the or of getting into that top four, we really need a good win against Wasps. And, 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 and you know, from a squad perspective, losing against Wasps before the semi-final, I think is, you know, potentially would be, would be, would, would, would you know, lose some of the winning momentum we've we've got before that all important semi-final 
I just disagree, Tom. Unfortunately, I disagree. If there's, if there's anyone that served 50-50, 60-40, rest them this week. Give them some time off and rest them. The Wasps game, yeah, it's obviously an important game. But the, the biggest game that we've had in, in years is the Montpellier semi-final. And we need to, we cannot risk, we cannot risk picking injury. We cannot risk these guys being too tired for that game. And I, I would, I would, be tempted if I was Hooper to make relatively wholesale changes to the squad on, against Wasps. I really would. I think it's so important this that Montpellier game. I'd almost rather lose all of our rest of our games and win Montpellier and beat Ulster. Honestly, I, I, I do think you run a real risk if you do that, though. Of you know, make wholesale changes, we lose to Wasps. That would essentially mean the Premiership's done for us, like more than likely. So, what what do you then you know? the players are definitely wanting that top four as well and I think you need to obviously we don't know how players are pulling up and if guys are 50-50 then fair enough I'm, that decision might be made but if as I would expect most of them are in there thinking I'm raring to go I know how important this Wasps game is let's smash this let's keep the momentum up and then let's let's go to Montpellier and get that semi-final done I'm, I'm happy I'd be happy with tinkering around the edges but I I I think it would be a mistake to make wholesale changes so that we then lose and then also lose this momentum. We've, uh, your favorite word, G, but this, this kind of confidence that we're, this, this winning mentality that we've been building up. So, um, I, I agree with you, Tom. I think if you make wholesale changes, we then go and lose to Wasps who, who have what you've said, what you just said, they lost, lost seven from eight. Yeah. Nine. I mean, this is a team like we would be identifying as a team we, we should beat. And I also think you can't, you can't look at, resting necessarily all of these sort of what well, Barno Stewart these real physical guys because I think where we identified that where it went wrong against Wasps last time is that we played too too much of a loose game when they came down to the wreck that was that what, 92 or 100 point thriller whatever it was I mean I mean we, we want to keep it tight we want to keep it physical yes it didn't work out against another very yeah. physical team uh against Leicester this weekend but I think that's where we should be targeting Wasps. We should be trying to bully them. But I think we want to put out a, a big team. Yes, we, we won't have, uh, we won't have um, uh, Jonathan Joseph. Yes, potentially bringing us in someone like Rocco, who's a big physical carrier, uh, instead of Watson, would be, would, 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 would be a wise idea, in my opinion. I mean, that's what I think we should be, we should be looking at. Yeah, I just think the more important games in the league, aren't they against, so following the Montpellier game, we then play, as you said, Tom, Bristol at home, Sale at home, and then Quinns away. Kind of, we're going to have to get in ahead of one of Quinns or Sale here, aren't we? So aren't they the more important, or, or you know, Exeter would be the only other possibility. So we're going to have to, if we want to get to the top four, we're going to have to replace Quinns or Sale. So aren't they the more important games? You yeah, and it's, but they're only going to be important, Gabe, if we if we win this game against Wasps. Yeah, because but, otherwise we're playing Quinns right at the end of the season and we've already lost three games since then and we can't actually get into the top four. So it's only an important game if, if, if we put ourselves in the position to, 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 to you know... But by changing, you're not, you're not just conceding defeat. I think we could change and win. And then manage the squad in a way where we win that, win Montpellier, and then we have you know a fitter, more more kind of healthier and, and less tired squad for for that for that that key run of fixtures because those those four fixtures Montpellier, Bristol, Sale, Quinns that defines our season. But what are these wholesale changes you're on about then? Yeah. I mean, oh, so I, yeah, I change, I change, I change the front row. I, I rest Yulesy. I change. 
Yeah, I probably changed two of them. Name twenty-three then. Name like roughly. I'm twenty-three. I'm twenty-three. So I'd go Schumann. I'd go Dunn. Obviously, Dunn's back, and I'd go um, Judge. I'd go uh, Stuke, and I'd go Will Spencer, Charlie's boy. And I'd go McNally, Nick's knackered. You always need some rest. I'd go. Um, I'd go Reed. I'd go. Bayless and I'd go Mercer probably. Uh, I, I, I would go Spencer still, and then I'd go um, Lando or Lando at ten. I'd go uh, Wright. No, Clark is Clark. Clark fit. Clark at 13, twelve. Wright at thirteen. Uh, and then in the back, the back, the back three, I'd have Muir, uh, Joe, and hopefully the Glanville. That so you're making that, that is a huge shame. That, yeah, that I, just, I just think that is a complete. That's a second. That's well, a hang second. on. So you're make, you're making uh, eleven changes to the team that faced Leicester, which is arguably the strongest team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I I I I I think you run a massive risk there of losing the game to Wasps. Bailey at ten as well is is a huge huge okay. risk, and I think you run a massive risk there of forget a month's time of losing that game, losing the, the, the kind of winning mentality we, we built, we built up. We don't know how, what Mont, you know, the old French cliche, we don't know how good Montpellier are going to be. So we kind of need to hedge our bets to some degree, but in two weeks time and under your strategy, G, we could lose to wasps pretty much in the Prem season and then lose to a, a, a cracking performance from a Montpellier team that are an unknown quantity to us right now. And then suddenly it's, it's season over in, in two weeks. So, I, I would make some changes. I mean, we don't know who is fit and who is, is pulling up a bit injured. Watson, I imagine, will be will be pretty knackered, um, as JJ's obviously injured, as I said, but I wouldn't make more than three. I wouldn't want to be making more than three or four changes from that 15, personally. But we will see. Yeah, we will see. So, um, yeah, get in touch with your thoughts on socials at Bath Rugby Plug. Charlie's still on the Instagram. Um, myself and Tom monitoring the Twitter. Uh, Tom monitoring the Gmail where he really wants some long emails. So really get in touch with him there. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Obviously this episode, those that have been with us since the start, those that have just joined, it's kind of, yeah, it's been a real blast. So thank you for, for listening, for sticking by us. Get in touch with us on Twitter. We're up to actually 100 reviews, boys. So 100th episode, 100 review. But um, yeah, more reviews, more ratings, and most importantly, just kind of spread the word amongst your mates. The last thing for me to say, boys, is thank you for uh, going on this roller coaster ride with together over the past two years or whatever it's been. Um, yeah, it's been some ups and downs, but I've certainly enjoyed it. Um, and as always, we'll be sticking behind the boys through thick and thin. <laughs>